All right, welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Look, I appreciate it. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. I hope you ate everything your heart's desire. But it's time to get back in shape. And one of the cool things about getting back in shape is you can do that by subscribing to my page as soon as it pops up at CV Space K. Put out all amazing content. I have some amazing stuff dropping in January. But if you want to keep seeing amazing content, you have to do what? Supporter brother. You can support a brother against my cash app. <laughs> Telephone number sale. Hey, look, nothing in life is free. If you keep wanting heat, you have to pay for it. But I appreciate y'all. You know, I appreciate this episode. This episode is amazing. We have some amazing guests. I'm allowed them to introduce themselves, but this episode is entitled The NBA is Back. I'm a huge basketball fan. Love the NBA in particular. That is my favorite sport. So I'm gonna start with uh, TJ, he'll introduce himself, then Big Baby, then Wim, and then we'll get into it. Yo, what's up, Cody? Thanks for having me again. TJ Banks, uh, currently an MBA student at the University of Michigan, Raw School of Business, uh, sports aficionado. Um, long-term goal, I actually plan on being a GM or president of operations for one of these NBA franchises. So I'm excited for today. Awesome. Big Baby, you can introduce yourself. Uh, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is your boy, Big Baby, of the Your Sports Show that is on the Jabatiz Network. Um, again, I am the host of of that show. Um, I help run the Jabatiz Network, which is uh primarily a wrestling group, but we cover all sports as well. Shout outs to uh my team at the Your Sports Show, of course, BK Matt, Queen Tay, um, uh, the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado. I've been um I'm a former athlete. Uh, I've played basketball almost all my life, played almost all sports for the most part. Um, so I'm just happy to be here. Awesome. I love it. And, William, if you can introduce yourself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be here. My name is William D. Morgan. I am a podcast host over at Pinfall Productions. Do the geek gauntlet, but we also do a lot of things in sports, NFL, pro wrestling. We do it all over there. And it's an honor to be here tonight. Awesome, awesome. Well, look, I want to get into it. First question, what has been your overall view of the NBA so far? We're four games in. A lot has happened. Obviously, anybody knows me. I'm a huge LeBron James fan. Lakers kind of dropped the first one, though LeBron historically doesn't win season openers, playoff openers. Game one is always a fill-out for him, but they bounce back. They beat Minnesota. Uh, they've had They've been able to rattle off consistent wins, and the team really looks good. So I'll start right there. My NBA prediction, and this is early, but I'm going to call it here as the prophetic voice of basketball. The Lakers will repeat. LeBron will get his fifth ring. And when it's all said and done, he will surpass MJ as the GOAT. Big Baby, I'll throw it to you then, TJ. Uh, my prediction for this season um, I believe the Lakers are going to repeat, but it's going to be a lot harder. Uh, I believe it's going to be a lot harder. Um, I think if the Lakers are not careful, one of these Eastern Conference teams, hint, hint, Brooklyn, hint, hint, Miami, could potentially steal the ring and bring it back to the East. It's a nice prediction. Oh, I'm sorry, and and um, I just wanted to say this. Giannis Antetokounmpo is overrated. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> CJ, that's your favorite player. Response. That's, that's a bold allegation right Whoa, there. Whoa, bro. Um, I actually extremely disagree with that. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo has shown nothing but improvement since he came into the league. Uh, from averaging six points a game to 15 to 20 to 28 to 29. I'm hoping that he takes his next leap forward and develops a nice pull-up mid-range because I think that's about the last thing that he's missing before he's darn near unstoppable like Kevin Durant but a little stronger. Um, so I think the Lakers will come out the West. Now the East – I'm torn between three teams. Uh, I, I got to go with, with the Bucks. I, I'm really hoping Giannis will step up and show me that he is like worth back-to-back MVPs and worth being in that greatest player in the league discussion. Um, but I'm not going to lie. Brooklyn's looking good. Brooklyn's looking real tough. And if Kevin Durant and Kyrie can stay healthy, I know Spencer didn't when he just went out today um, with a torn ACL, but they're going to be tough. Another sleep, well, not even a sleeper, Boston. I'm, I'm just putting it out there, Boston. Jason Tatum, the man is scary. 
he he's good with it. And I think the first four games, I mean, people just getting their feet wet, getting back to running. It's been a while. Some people have been off for a year plus time. Got to find that mojo again. That's true. William, what are your thoughts on the NBA uh, so far, your predictions? I think that I will predict the Lakers will come out the West. My East pick is Brooklyn. While I do think Giannis is going to be the MVP once again, and he has made leaps forward, I don't think the Bucks will get there. I think it will be the Brooklyn Nets. I don't trust their. I don't trust the coach. I don't trust the front office out there. He's been out coached several times in the playoffs. So it, to me, it's going to be Lakers versus Nets. Wow, Lakers versus Nets. Look, let's go. Let's go there to the most improved. I think Brooklyn Nets have improved the most, right? I think obviously they always have the team in in, in place. Uh, KD finally being healthy. Kyrie finally being healthy. Uh, unfortunately, Spencer Dinwiddie, like uh, TJ said, has went down a partially torn ACL. But that team from end to end is kind of stacked. The, my problem is, is that Kyrie does not stay healthy long enough for you to really gauge. His whole career has been played with injury since college onto the pros. The one year that he wasn't injured, I mean, really kind of had a healthy season – they won it. And then the following year, ended up having cramps in the NBA Finals, couldn't participate. So I don't have faith in the Brooklyn Nets coming out of the East only because of that reason right there. I think Kevin Durant is going to do what Katie does. Katie just slaughters. I mean, he's just – he's unstoppable. He's somebody that you would create in a video game, right? But when push comes to shove in a seven-game playoff series, I just don't have much faith in the Nets. My team actually coming out the East – is drum roll please i'm going back i just because i don't trust philly for whatever reason i think doc is great my team is going to be miami i don't i don't know i just think i think jimmy and them duncan tyler hero i think that team is just slated to do another one and it's always another trade you can make william what are your thoughts on that yeah that's a good point that's a good point they looked good last year they caught fire last year heading into the playoffs and got it done Beat the Bucks, did their thing. My only thing with them, they're so small. And teams that have any type of size can go in there and do some work against them. And, I, look, the Lakers may have gotten a little bit smaller, but they got some dogs in that front court. And I don't think that if they do happen to make it again, I don't I don't think they can beat that. Hmm. Big Baby, what are your thoughts on that? I called Miami Last year at the beginning of the season to make it to the finals, people thought I was crazy. But you have to look at the team and how it's constructed. Um, the team is constructed the same way it was constructed around Dwayne Wade, but a little bit more in terms of having uh, dope supporting pieces like Bam, like um, like Dragic, and getting production out of players like Duncan Robinson and uh, Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn. Um, Miami's still a scary team with the addition of Iguodala last year with Avery Bradley coming in now being uh, another perimeter defender to take pressure off Jimmy, to take pressure off Iggy. Um, Miami's going to be a scary team, but like um, last year, people are going to sleep on them just because they don't have the same name value as a, a Milwaukee at this moment. Um as a Brooklyn, as a Philly, as a Boston. So, again, Miami could sneak right in and, and and take a few heads off. Awesome. TJ, your favorite team is Milwaukee. As you know, Milwaukee is 0-3 right now. They dropped another one. It, is, is, is Giannis overrated? Is, or, or is it just Chris Middleton is a little bit overhyped and uh, Holiday wasn't a good pickup? What's happening in Milwaukee? Chris Middleton. Um, so I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Oh, okay. All right. So I don't think that Giannis is overrated. I do think he has to make the the step to get a better jump shot, primarily off the dribble, because, I mean, every when it comes to playoff time, they're packing the paint. They're blocking what he does. And there's less there's less ticky tack fouls. So it's like you're either going to continue to jump into the wall or you're going to pull up and make them have to choose whether they can guard your first step. We know people can't guard his first step, similar to Kevin Durant. And that's what makes Kevin Durant so lethal because he can shoot and he's seven feet tall with a seven one seven foot plus wingspan. 
So I think he really needs to focus on that jump shot this season. Uh, I'm not entirely convinced that they got any better. I like Drew Holiday, but I think it was kind of a lateral trade. Sure, he's a better jump shooter than Bledsoe, but, I mean, Bledsoe is a better, like, uh, take it to the whole guy, like, better yeah. fit at the rim. Uh, so, and I'm not, I mean, I guess Drew Holiday may have a little bit more of a clutch factor when it comes to shooting, but um, I'm not entirely sure that they got a lot better. To me, I personally thought that last year they took a step backwards when they let go of Malcolm Brogdon. Mm. Um, I, I thought he was a big piece to the wide Agreed. 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 Yeah. And when he when they re-signed Bledsoe for $70 million, I was like, they're not going to be able to keep both of them. So they, they did take a step back. But it's time this year for him to kind of elevate himself and kind of take over the East. And it's a it's up in the air, really, because, I mean, you got Miami, which is tough. I think they got a little bit better with Avery Bradley. My one concern, though, with a lot of these teams is injuries because they're playing a shorter season, but a lot of games. It's like, what, 70 games or something? And every other day, you're pretty much in a new city playing. Um, So it's a lot of room for things to go wrong with a lot of injury-prone players. I don't wish that on anything, but uh, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, they're coming off of major droughts and uh, playing time. Um, you got Avery Bradley bouncing back from an injury. You got um, a bunch of different people who are historically, are they going to show up? Like when they show up, they show up. But are they going to be healthy to show up given their opportunity? Awesome, awesome. Free baby, I want to throw it to you and you, William. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about improving a team, you have to make certain trades. Um, we are now in a generation where, and, and I do believe players should have the right to go to where they want to play. However, I also believe that there's a mutual responsibility to the employer, right? Take James Harden's situation. Come in out of shape, not ready to ball. He's so skilled that you can't tell. You won't be able to really trace it until you get into a playoff situation because he's just that skilled. But he has endangered his team with some of his off-the-court shenanigans. Should James Harden be traded? And if so, where? So here's a problem, and I mentioned this on the show um, when we recorded live on Saturday. Um, James Harden is making it harder for himself to be traded because he's making it harder for Houston to get the um, same equity for that type of talent because of what he's doing off off the court. On court, we know James, what James Harden is going to give you. James Harden is a walking 30-piece, walking 35, close to 10 assists, right? He can easily average a triple-double. The problem um, is, of course, yes, you want to trade him, but if you're not going to get equal value back for him or something close to it, you got to let him sit for a little bit until, you know, maybe let him play this year out and and, and send him away next year so you can get players that's um, maybe not on expiring contracts but are on the rise to where if you lose James, it's like it's not as big of a deal as if you just trade him out now and you get peanuts for him, because you know the, the thing is, oh trade trade him to Brooklyn, you know for Caris LeVert and this and the third. Me as a Brooklyn fan, I would not want to see James Harden in Brooklyn due to you see how much they're moving the ball now. James Harden is a ball stopper. With Mike D'Antoni there, I don't want him to corrupt the offense that they have now just because he's you know. He's a third superstar. So, yes, they should trade him, but they need to make sure they get equal value for him and make sure his off-the-court antics is not going to affect another team down the line because he has two years left on his deal. What are you going to do with him now? That makes sense. That makes sense. William, where do you trade James Harden to? I don't think you do. I think you hold on to him. Uh, You pretty much built your whole – you built your future – around him and like and like big baby just said you have to get fair equity for a player of that caliber and i just don't see any team with the emotional stuff he's got going on coming back out of shape things of that nature i just don't see where teams would want to invest 
their future in one player, and you can't even guarantee if he'll stay with you long term. So I think he stays where he is. I think they continue to try to build around him and go from there. Awesome. Look, I had the pleasure of watching the Bulls game um, this fall. No, I'm, I'm not a Bulls fan. I have a cousin that's a Bulls fan. I live in Chicago, so I, you know, unfortunately, well, I'm, a Bull, I'm, I'm a Bull fan, bro. It's on WGN and NBC Sports, so it kind of just comes with the cable package, right? So I'm no disrespect <laughs> to the Bulls. I like them. They just, you know, they they, they haven't been the same since Derrick Rose. Um, yeah. I'm watching the game, and they're actually competitive, though they're playing a very wounded go to state. So no Clay, no Dre, you know, and it's just pretty much step, right? <laughs> so. Um, and they lose off a game-winning three. They lose. They were up, and then they lose. What do the Bulls have to do? Because you have a perennial talent in Zach Levine. You have a piece you can build around. Now, it's just Zach. It's not like Zach and, to me, you, you don't even have what I would call great others. You have good potential players if they pan out. What do the Bulls need to do first, William? They haven't even, the thing that concerns me, they haven't even signed back Lloyd Marketing yet. That's one thing that's kind of concerning. Yeah, he, he did fall off a little bit last year, but he's, the talent is still there for him to progress and I think be really, really good. Um, I think they need to change ownership again and go a different direction. Because I, 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 I don't get this last draft pick. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Decent player, Florida State. No aspersions upon him because I don't know him from a can of paint. But when you're picking that high, you can't take a chance on someone who won't contribute this year. That's amazing. Big Baby, what do the Bulls need to do? Um, Trade everybody, start again. Um, No, in all seriousness, um, Williams hit it on the head. Ownership. It has to be ownership because you get you basically got Zach Levine for nothing, right? Um Lori Marketing, you got based off drafting pretty good, but he's you know, he's been injured, he's been hurt, he hasn't been playing the same. Um Kobe White is good, but when you now look down the line, um Otto Porter. What is he doing for the Bulls? He has a massive contract and not doing anything. He's really looking like how Kelly Oubre is looking on the Warriors right now. And he's been looking like that. Uh, and um, um, Porter's been looking like that for about a year. Yeah. So I don't, I, don't, I don't get what they were doing. I don't get why they thought he would be helpful because, of, you know, his last couple months in Washington that year. But other than that, they need a complete change of the scenery. They need to wipe it clean, and they need to start speaking to Zach Levine about some of these decisions that they're making. I like it. I like it. One of our audience members said the Bulls have been rebuilding for way too long, just my opinion. Uh, think about the Bulls. I do agree. It needs to be a change of ownership. I totally agree. Uh, they need to sell the team. They just need to completely overhaul of the executive uh, branch of the of the Bulls organization, Jerry Reinsdorf needs to sell the team and not allow his son to run it, just sell the team, just like uh, the Hallis uh, lady needs to sell the Bears. All Chicago teams need to be sold. I'm going to just say that. They all need to be revamped. Uh, but I think that the, the issue is Zach is the only, to me, piece that is untouchable. Everybody else can be shipped. Otto Porter, overpaid. He had a good stint in, in a very short time with uh, uh, Washington, and it didn't pan out. But what kills me about the Otto Porter pickup, you signed him and then you signed Thaddeus Young, who was basically Otto Porter before Otto Porter, right? Like, why <laughs> why do that? Why go through that? That, that doesn't make any sense. TJ, if you had – you got a call uh, from the Rockets and said, we will give you James Harden, give us – Zach Levine, Kobe White, Alari Marketing. Are you pulling it? I'm sorry. Can you run that question one more time? You faded out on my side. If you get a if you get a call from the Rockets organization to say we will give you James Harden, give us Levine and Laurie and Kobe White, are you doing that? I personally am. I believe James Harden can drag the Bulls to the playoffs by himself. 
Um, I mean, I've seen him do it on the Rockets for the last five years. <laughs> Before Chris Paul got there, he was averaging the triple-double or, what, 31, Basically. 11, and nine and a half. Right. He can drag you to the playoffs and make it to the second round by himself. Uh, the, the style of basketball will change. But one thing I'm interested in is that the Bulls, I believe, recently acquired the GM from the Nuggets or the assistant GM from the Nuggets. So while I'm not entirely sure about this latest draft pick, I do have faith that, that he's a, a competent GM, which I haven't had faith in the past with the Bulls draft picks. Like he's he drafted some really – Talented prospects out in Denver, including Michael Porter Jr., Bull Bull, just Jamal Murray, just to name a few that are starting to blossom now. And that's a team I look out for. That's true. That's true. I mean, I personally would have picked Obi, who uh, <laughs> went to New York. I was telling, I said, look, Obi is right there. You're talking about immediate impact. I don't think he'll be a 25 and 12 guy, but to me, 18 and 9 is is his ceiling and that's that's good because that's what you should be getting out of Wendell right so I feel like you get it get a better contract you could trade Wendell and get some more pieces um speaking of possible trades so the Clippers suffered an embarrassing loss 50 point blowout uh I love Paul George like I'm a huge I like PG the person but the basketball player like I just don't know what's going on with PG I don't know what's going on with the Clippers he says something interesting. I'm going to take full ownership. I own it. After, though, you kind of dismiss Doc Rivers for being played like Ray Allen, quote-unquote. What does owning it for the Clippers have? Is, is this a bad investment from Steve Ballmer? TJ, I'll start with you and then Big Baby. When you say a bad investment for Steve Ballmer, what, what exactly are you referring to? Like just owning the Clippers? Yeah, and like in, in Steve's head, is it like, I'm going to get a championship? Does he realize, like, the Cl- it's just not in their DNA right now? Um, I, I can't even say it's not in their DNA. Yeah, they choked last year in the playoffs. And last night, they looked awful um, with that 50-point loss to Dallas. Like, it looked terrible. Um, I think I think PG is really a, a player, too, a, a second option. And I think it, it blatantly showed. He's a second or third option. Like he's not the same as Indiana. And even when he was on OKC, when you're a when you're an MVP caliber player, things shouldn't happen like that when you're expected to be the go-to guy. It it shouldn't be a 50-point blowout. Uh, I understand he had some injuries in the past, but we expect him to be able to put up 35, 40 if the if the main guy is not there. Um we're we're not looking for playoff P to come out here and drop 15 points and then be down by 50 at halftime. This this isn't high school basketball where you got Simeon playing against some small 1A school. Like This, this is the NBA. These are the best players in the world. You're expected to make an impact. Like You're getting paid all these millions of dollars to, to make an impact. And, of course, he's got to take ownership for it. He's the best player on the team, on the court. You can't be the best player on a team that is supposed to – be a title contender and get walked off the court like embarrassingly. That's true. They just like gave up in the first quarter. That's sad but true. One of our audience members said Clippers lost to the Mavericks out Porzingis. Yes. Um playoff Paul play or in the words of Skip Bayless, George Wait. Paul. <laughs> right. Has you know I love like I said, I love Paul George. I remember watching him blossom. And then I remember the Miami series. And right before the injury, it was like, this dude was here, right? Like, they, you could arguably say he was the second best small forward in the league at a time behind LeBron. But it's like something after that injury, and I get it, he just had the shoulder uh, surgery. Something is different. Like, why isn't Paul George, What what's taking him so long to get back to where he was? Big Baby, I'll start with you. Um, so... Let's let's start from the whole doc dismissal stuff. Yeah. He was wrong, right? There were so many factors that went into, you know, Doc getting fired, which is fine. Doc even admitted some stuff. But George, I'm see, I'm about to call him George Paul. 
Paul George <laughs> it was was wrong. Paul George had a chance to take accountability at that point in time. Instead, you blame Doc Rivers. Uh, should Doc Rivers have taken him out? Yes, of course. After hitting the side of the backboard, nah, you let's have a seat, young fella. But in terms of just he's not a superstar. He's not a superstar. I agree with um T what TJ did said um said though. He's a number two. He's he's a great player too to Kawhi's player one. But in terms of superstardom, I think those days have passed him in a way. Like he shows flashes of it. And uh, don't get me wrong, Paul George is uh, a great defender, and he has his nights. But Paul George isn't consistent at all, at all. And I don't think he's ever going to be that consistent number two or superstar that the Clippers need to get over the hump. They're gonna have to run into the Lakers eventually. Um, you're gonna have to run into these hungry, hungry teams like Portland, who have an established one and two. Denver that has an established one and two. Um, and if you can't be consistent, you're not going to get any farther. You're not going to get any farther than potentially the conference finals. Potentially. William, Paul George has, I, I like I said, I'm a Paul George fan. I like his shoes. Um, I think Paul George is what Danny Granger would have been if he didn't get injured. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I, Paul George to me is talented. Like to me, and if you take Kevin Durant and shrink him four inches, is he still as dynamic as Paul George? I would say no. Right. Like I would no. still. I just think. I think what puts KD over the top is that the extra two three inches you just can't do anything with. You know, on oh. top of the great skill. Uh, you had the opportunity to draft Luka Doncic. Or Paul George pre-injury, who are you taking? I'm still taking Luca. I've never been a Paul George fan. I think Paul George has something going on in his head. The talent is there. There's there's no lying about that. He's very very talented. It's there. I just think the rest of it is all. He's he's just a head case to me. Um, and like it was said earlier in the conversation, he's like the NBA's Luigi. He is a number two guy. He's not a number one. He's a number two. Um, and But the thing that kills it, you had Russell Westbrook. He still didn't win. You got Kawhi Leonard. He still didn't win. Why is that? Those are the questions that no one's asking. And for him to get all that money for basically coming up short, that man has stolen more money than Joe Johnson. I swear he has stolen <laughs> more money than Joe Johnson. I swear he has, man. Hey, 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 hey. I saw Joe. I saw Joe would put up more than Paul George did. He produced more than Paul George. <laughs> He's stealing money, in my opinion, man. And it, you shouldn't. Is he a top 20, top 25? Okay. But you still haven't won anything. It's still not there in order for you to be in this high regard as you have been. Um, Luca, is, Luca is younger. Uh, you can do more with you can <laughs> you can do more with Luca, um, in my opinion. So I'm going if I got a pick, I'm going with Luca. How come William? How come people are still sleep on Luca? I've been saying, look, Luca is that dude. I get it; he's not the most athletic person, but when you look at like his impact in the game, to be what is he? 22? 22? like to be that young and that knowledgeable and that skilled. I mean. The only thing that's missing from Luca's game is a 40-inch vertical. There's nothing else. He's a good shooter. He can handle the ball. He can read defenses. Why are people still sleeping on Luca? I I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Um, I don't want to say it. Well, I guess I will say it. Maybe because he's white. Do you really really think people sleep on him because he's white? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Because he's he's shown uh, since he's been in the league, He's got the skill set. He's got talent. He's there. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but he's there. I, that's the only reason I can think of on why people would sleep on him like that. Big baby, why are people numbers? Um, they're sleeping on they they they're sleeping on him because they think that um his first years were fluky. 
because I and for whatever reason, I don't know why they think it's, it's fluky, but he's been producing. Um, they think he's soft, and um, he's had some moments where you, you like uh, you look pretty soft out there, but um. I really don't know why. Like when the, he um, William brought up that maybe because he's white, um, they did the same thing to Larry Bird. And at the beginning of Lucas' career, um, he got Larry Bird comparisons from a few um, from a few people on TV. And I get where they were going with it, but Larry Bird had a, a lot tougher skin than than Luca does does at this moment. Not saying he can't grow into that, but I think people are. Still so enamored with with the Giannis, with LeBron, with Steph, that um, they're not ready to be like, oh, look at the future. I don't I don't think people are ready for the future of the league because when LeBron leaves, that's pretty much the last of the Titans. Now we have all of that Boston team, Dallas, um, Atlanta. So people are so caught up in what they're seeing now; they're not looking towards the future. So that's why I think they're looking; they're overlooking Luca. Hmm. Speaking of that, I think we're we're transitioning into a league where athleticism is no longer the desired skill set. You know, like I remember, you know, um, in eighth grade, if you could touch the rim and you know playing basketball, you know, you were going to get looked at. You know, even if you couldn't dunk, you know, in high school, if you could dunk, you were automatically on the team, right? Now it's like nobody dunks, you know. Um, and TJ, this is you're gonna love this question for players like Russell Westbrook. Uh, I hope Denzel Goodlow is watching right now. This is for him. I love, I pers- I would hang, bro. I don't even have a PS5, I would go out and buy one just to play Call of Duty with Russell Westbrook. I think he's amazing, but it seems like it just doesn't work. Now, I don't blame him. I think OKC wasn't his fault. I think somebody just decided not to show up and play. You know, So I don't blame him for the OKC. I don't even blame him for Houston. I mean, he got sick. He was injured before, came back, got COVID, still tried to play, wasn't there timing. And I didn't think, you know, going that small, Dan Tony small ball situation was going to work out, period. So I didn't have any faith in that. So I'm not blaming Russ. But why isn't Russ winning today? Why isn't? Russ can get 50, 50, and 50 and still can't get out the second round. Why is his stats in no rings? Uh, can I be honest? Yeah. Be I honest. think Russ is also, like PG, a Luigi-based player. And Yikes. he's got all the athleticism in the world. Russ's MVP season was phenomenal. He averaged, what, 27, 10, and 10? James Harden averaged 31, 11, and nine and a half. And when they met in the first round, James Harden walked him off the court. Like in, in five games. It, it wasn't even close. You want to know why? Because James Harden has realized it's more about skills now than it is pure athleticism. And in the last five years, that's what the that's pretty much what Steph Curry has done. He's transitioned the league. Like you said, in eighth grade. If you get if you get a kid that can dunk, oh, sign him up. He's going places. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you walk into a gym, you got kids pulling from half court. That's what Steph Curry did. He transitioned the league from, hey, everybody be as athletic as possible, to hey, no matter if you're like way stronger than me, if you can't stop me from shooting, you can't beat me. And he's turned it into more of a skill based league. And because Russell has not transitioned himself Russell is facing the same problem as Giannis if he could shoot who's gonna who's gonna stop Russell Westbrook with lightning fast speed athletic ability that he has if he can pull up from 30 no one he he automatically becomes the best player in the league if he can pull up from 30 because you already can't stop him from getting to the hole so what do you do you you back off of him you force him to shoot and if he's not willing to take that shot or willing to develop it to where, I mean, he's not Ben Simmons bad, but he's got to be able to knock him down consistently to actually pose a threat from out there. And I think that's his biggest downfall. 
And because he's not willing to do that, it really suffers with his mindset of being a winner because he's got the mentality. Of, yeah, I'm going a, I'm to a do this. I'm going I'm to I'm rock that baby to sleep. We've seen it the past few playoff times. He talks trash to Dane. Dane walks him off the court. Bye-bye, Russ. Talks trash to whoever. We, we coming back from this from a few years ago with Donovan Mitchell. We coming back from this. Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio. Send them home. Like you, you got to be able to back up your words. And we know he's athletic. We're not taking anything away from his athleticism. But at times, that's it. He's just athletic. He said himself, he was like, yo, I was out there doing cardio. I'm not hitting any shots. You got to be able to hit your shots. My man's, and that jump shot is missing. My man's Ricky Rubio. What What are some of the pros and cons, uh, TJ and Big Baby, of transitioning into a heavy skill set league? You know, when you take away athleticism, okay, fine. You know, you have to have a, drib- a handle. You have to be able to shoot. You have to be able to make free throws. You have to be able to have court vision. So relying heavily more on the IQ of the game, taking away the physicality, though, some might say uh, has created uh, boringness. It's no longer exciting. It's no longer the quote-unquote man's league, if they're, you know, to phrase that however that is defined or whatever. When you take away and you say instead of having a monster in the post that's 400 pounds and can back down everybody, we'd rather have a three-point shot. What message does that send to the audience? Uh, I think it sends more versatility. Like when I watch the game, when I think of skill, I look at Kyrie Irving. He's about 6'3", and he's one of the best, if not the best, finisher at the rim. And it's not because he's just jumping over everyone. I believe he could jump over some people, but he's not like Russell Westbrook athletic or prime Derrick Rose athletic. But when he gets there, you don't even know which hand to go after. Because I saw him do a move yesterday or two nights ago. He's on the right-hand side, and he threw it to his left hand and then cocked back and shot it with his left hand on a fast break. And I'm like, who does that? Uh, It creates versatility. I think there will always be a place in the league for athletic ability because athleticism sells tickets. People want to see Zion because he's athletic. John Morant is more skilled than Zion, but Zion's 6'6", 290. And, like, I I saw him take the ball away from Giannis. Giannis is probably one of the bigger, stronger players in in the league, and he took it away like it was nothing. That's a strong dude. That's athleticism. People want to see that. People want to see you fly high and dunk. Will he win a championship like that? Uh, he might got to develop a little more skills, but he's going to sell out arenas when that time comes. Big baby, what are some of the cons of a hyper skill league with, with athleticism and, and the balance? Some of the cons is um, like TJ said, um, probably the lack of viewership. That's going to be, um, be said. Um, I love the WNBA. Let, let, all right. So let me put this out there. I love the WNBA, right? All right. TJ's laughing because he knows where I'm going with it. I think he knows where I'm going with this. I love the WNBA. The viewership is lacking because of two things. One, because of the promotion of the NBA. From time to time, they get lazy and don't help promote their sister league. Two, it's the lack of athleticism. There. Not saying that they're not athletes. Not saying these women are not athletes. But for most of this time that we've been watching basketball, what is the the most the most thing that's looked up on YouTube. Michael it's Jordan. Either, yeah. It's Michael Jordan. No. It's somebody getting crossed and somebody getting dunked on. Um you take the athleticism out the game and for people who don't like the Spurs, you have the San Antonio Spurs. Every team is playing like the Spurs. Right? Spurs rarely had any real athletes until towards the end of um, Tim Duncan's career. Um, I believe that these kids coming up are now acquiring the athleticism plus some of the skills that uh, skill set. But I think um, in order for that type of play to survive, everybody has to learn how to, you know, add athleticism with 
you know, with the skills. Right? You have to teach both. You have to work kids out both. You can have someone who's like Zion, 6'6", 250 to 290, that's skilled. We have LeBron James. You can build players like that. You just have to do it. I like it. William, shifting gears, um, you know, the NBA season always starts with the draft. Um, I thought personally LaMelo Ball was the best thing in the draft from a pure potential, right? Like skill set, size, decent amount of athleticism. He's already a playmaker. You just have to literally work with him and he doesn't get injured. You could have a bigger version of Steph Curry. Right, like a, a way, way bigger. I mean, he's already six six, right? Um, I thought that a lot of teams passed up on him. I thought, you know, I like Wiseman. I thought, you know, Penny Hardaway's, you know, protege. I thought he was going to be good. He will be. Anthony Edwards is another athlete. Um, kind of reminds me of a cross between. He's like a motivated Andrew Wiggins. He doesn't have the dog that Jimmy Butler has, but he has the athleticism, but he's motivated because Andrew Wiggins is out there like, man, when this is over, I'm going to get on Call of Duty. Like, I feel like he's always <laughs> in that in his mind. Like, I just can't take Andrew Wiggins seriously, like, even when he is serious, right? Right. But is LaMelo Ball the future of the NBA? Is he the best ball brother, and is he the future of the NBA? I think he's the best. I, I'm not going to say future of the NBA, but I think he's going to end up being the best ball brother. Uh, but I'm not going to say the future of the NBA because you got too many other good players that came before him that can claim that title. Look, I, I'm a big fan of John Morant. I love I love John Morant. I will put that on him before I will put it on ball. Um, same thing with Zion. Um, Zion is just a freak of nature. And with him being the way he is, 6'6", 250, 290, um, he can do it. I think he, it will fit him more than it will fit um, any ball brother. Um, so – I think he will be the best one in the family, but I don't think he'll quite be the future. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, last question. I want to appreciate my guests one more time. I want to thank them so much. Last question, everybody. You get two minutes, and then you can give your sign-off. Uh, after that, I'll start with you, TJ. Say LeBron gets to ring number six. So let's say it happens. I got him getting five. I don't have him getting six, only because I think age and attrition is just going to catch up at some point, right? Just like if Tom Brady I, – I was joking with my cousin. I said if Tom Brady gets another ring in the Tampa Bay uniform, then you can't even argue against his talent. Like, he just figures it out. They're 10-5 and five right now in Tampa Bay, you know, but it remains to be seen. LeBron gets to number six, rattles off two more, does a 3 P with Anthony Davis, retires. Is the GOAT conversation squashed? Can, can anybody ever say Jordan went six for six? Uh, I think they can and they will. I think it's a matter of, one, with LeBron, where will he be in the terms of, like, leading the team? Like, if he three-peats, is he still the guy? Or is Anthony Davis the guy? Or is there another emerging guy who steps up and is like, oh, LeBron just kind of coattail rolled Anthony Davis? Not saying that that would happen, but this last finals – like, we saw Anthony Davis. People had a legitimate case. Like, eh, that could have been Anthony Davis's MVP, and to, uh, aside from, like, maybe one game. And, like, if that's the case, now you're looking at when Jordan won, was there any time where he was not the guy? Or it was like, who's the best player on the court? There wasn't. It's like, Mike Gordon's the best player on the court. Who's the next best? Probably Scotty. But the gap is so wide between the best – and the next best. And I think the gap is a lot smaller between Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I think one of LeBron's biggest downfalls was that he like had a mental breakdown against the Dallas Mavericks. And I know that's like his no no one blames him for the loss to San Antonio in 07. No. You got there, you got swept by some Hall of Famers. You got swept by some veterans that knew what they were doing. They came there ready. You wasn't ready. You you dragged a, a team of sorry players to the finals, and you did what you could. You was only 22. We don't blame you. But in 2011, when Dirk got sick and you and D-Wade sat up there and clowned him 
as if the series was over. And then him, Jason Terry, and J.J. Berea lit y'all up. <laughs> Son. And that's that's not to down the Mavs team at all. It was yeah. a great team that swept Kobe's Lakers, who won right. the prior titles, who were in the finals the last three times. But if you're going to talk mess while you're up, you better be dang sure that you finish it. And he did not finish it. And there's been times where it's like, all right, LeBron, people question his clutchness because if you're down by two, is he going to take the shot? If you're tied, I believe he'll take the shot. He's shown that time and time again. It's nothing to lose. If he misses the shot, he'll beat you in overtime because at the end of the day, he'll take the team. He'll take it one-on-one in overtime. But if you're down by two, is he going to take the shot? And I think that's where that like alpha male, that dog mentality is with some of the other players like Mike and Kobe and Larry, these people who are entered in conversations for like, Hey, this is the Mount Rushmore. Like, this is why LeBron's not the goat because he doesn't have this quote unquote killer instinct. And it, it comes when it is like that when it's about closing out games. Um, I believe he get, if he gets uh, six rings, you got a legitimate comparison. Like, it's like, hey, the man got six rings. I, I understand. But is he that guy for all six rings? Right now, you can say he's been that guy. Questionable on ring four, because, I mean, Anthony Davis is right there with him. But we, we'll have to see what, what the future holds. But you can find me on Instagram at it's your boy TJ. I love to debate, to debate sports, so hit me up if you got any questions. If you want to just talk, shoot, shoot the breeze, whatever. I'm going to pass it over to Big Baby. Awesome. Big Baby is, um, you know, the six rings. He gets to number six. Does that is that it? Is it over? Um, unfortunately, the amount of losses in the finals are going to haunt him for the rest of his career. Um, The same way the amount of losses have haunted somewhat Jerry West at the end of his career. Um, The numbers, the problem is um, I like stats, but I also like the eye test, right? The way, and, and, and TJ brought it up again, that 2011 Break mental breakdown is what's going to cause him to not be called the greatest of all time. The numbers he'll be the only LeBron James at the end of his career will be the only player to have 30,000 points, 10,000 assists, 10,000 rebounds. That's going to happen. But the six rings, I one, I don't see the six ring happening again. Age, attrition, um, Anthony Davis. Injury history. We let, let's get that too. Um, yeah, look at the team around him. Kyle Kuzma just got paid. Is Kyle Kuzma going to continue to develop, or he's just going to be a B plus player for the rest of his career? Is he going to ascend? Um, as far as stats wise, again, LeBron will always have it. LeBron will have the best stats out of any player we will ever see in NBA history. There will be never be another LeBron James. But his mental is what takes him out of that conversation sometimes, as we said. You mentioned it. You're down by two. Is LeBron going to take the shot? Most likely not. He's going to make the right basketball play. But as hardcore fans, do we want to see him go for the win? Yes. Will he get crucified if he makes it? Or if he misses it? Yes. But that I think that's all a part of the game for LeBron. But again, as um, that's if he reaches that sixth ring, will he become the goat, or will that goat conversation just be done? Unfortunately, again, a 2011 loss is going to stick with him. But again, you guys can follow me at underscore it's big baby or at your sports show. Always looking to talk basketball, wrestling, football, everything, all sports. Again, shout out to my team at the Jabba Tiz Network. And 
William, kick it off for us. All right, man. Same question? Same question, man. Number six. I get it. He, he It was a fumble against the Dallas Mavericks. And like Tita said, however, side note, Dallas Mavericks also knocked off the defending champion, Los Angeles Lakers, that year. That also has to be addressed. That if he true. gets to number six, is it over? Can we stop debating? Can we just give him the title? No. And the reason why I say no, a couple of factors that were already brought up here, the 2011 loss, um, how he performed um, against that Dallas Mavericks team. Um, but the big side of it to me goes back, and that was my era, 49. Um, I watched a lot come and go. And with MJ, to me, MJ retired twice, retired twice, but he still did more in my eyes. And I don't care if LeBron got to that sixth ring, which I don't think it will happen. Um, he's 35. He's getting up there in age. Um, that Lakers team is, is a little bit different than it was last year. Um, but I just think, in my opinion, Jordan has done more, even retiring twice, repeating twice. As um, Isha Boy said earlier, MJ was the best player on the court when he played. People, I think, respect LeBron. I think people fear Michael Jordan. The team he was at his apex, nobody wanted to play Michael Jordan. He could call guys out. Hey, I'm going to score 60 against you and actually do it. Um, so if he if he does get the ring number six, the context of it, he switched teammates. God knows how many times. Um, I never did like that. He switched teammates in Cleveland. He did it with the Lakers. Um, all the Lakers young talent just gone. Um, and I never did like that. So I don't even if he gets to that six ring, it's the context of which he did it. Mike did it all that time with Chicago. Even losing to that Orlando team. He came right back that next season and got the ring. So, in answer, no. I don't think if he gets that sixth ring, LeBron still won't be in that GOAT conversation. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at WillieMorg7, W-I-L-L-I-M-O-R-G, and then number seven. Awesome. I want to appreciate my guests. <laughs> Look, you know, it is what it is. We come up Monday, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. We try to cover a host of things. And every now and then we like to do fun episodes like this one. I appreciate you guys. Till next time. Thanks.